From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we are learning from our esteemed veteran registered investment advisor, Adam Morse, and our human economic database and fearless co-leader, Executive Vice President Michael French. And today, we're talking about the ins and outs of IRAs. So let's get to it. How are you guys doing today, gentlemen? Doing well. Doing very well. Doing good? Yeah. I like that intro. Can I have more titles? Uh, yeah. Is that even correct? No. But go ahead. Seems like Michael got a little more love than I did there. Well, yeah. Okay. I feel true. like you didn't we'll, really we'll respect there. Adam's knowledge. Well... Okay, um, so let's start. Michael, what's an IRA? An IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, and it is a set of laws, tax treatments around money that you contribute, you put into an account, and the way that money is taxed going in, and the way the money is taxed coming out. So it's it's really nothing more than a way that we designate a an account in uh, the way it's treated by the tax code. Simple enough. Pretty simple. So um, what are the main benefits of rolling over? So our theme is we're talking about retirement. Sure. So if someone's wanting to roll over their IRA, what, what are the main benefits they're after? What are they looking for? Well, typically when you think about it, an IRA is being rolled over from a company. Uh, you had a 401k at a company and you worked there and whatever the, the investments were, inside your 401k had been created for the benefits of the people who work at that company. So let's imagine that you're a 28, 30 year old woman and you're working at a company and one day you decide, hey, I'd like to stay home, spend the next five years just being a mom, staying home with my kids. Well, you no longer really look like everybody else who is still at the company working. So if you leave your money in a 401k, the decisions that are being made for that group of people no longer really are appropriate for you. You have a different set of decisions that you would make. Likewise, if you were at a company and the decisions that were made for that 401k, for the participants in that 401k, and you leave and you go to a different industry, you make a new salary range, you have uh, maybe a different tenure, a number of years you're looking at working, well, you, again, don't look like all the people who are still left at that company. So what you want to do is take that money, roll it over into an IRA so that you're getting specific advice for you because you no longer look like the group. So the main benefits of rolling over your IRA is that the the IRA that your company might have provided may not currently cater to your life as it is, I guess, or will be in retirement? Is that is that sort of what you mean? Right. I mean, it, they're the the company, the, the people who are responsible for making planned decisions at that company are making decisions based on a set of assumptions, things like contribution rates, uh, matching rates. They're making a bunch of decisions about how that money should be invested, what the appropriate investment mix is for a bunch of people as if they were still there. And because you no longer are, those decisions may be appropriate for the people who are still there and they might possibly be appropriate for you, but most likely they're not. And so anytime you have a chance to take that money, 
and move it to a place where you're going to be treated as an individual, where you're going to be answering your own questions and making your own decisions, you're better off. So Adam, um, what investment options are typically available in an IRA that people should be aware of? Mm, this is a great question. So kind of touching on what Michael said as well, this is one of the big benefits, big reasons you would maybe want to roll over your 401k into an IRA. Um, in, an, in a 401k, as Michael was saying, you have uh, either an individual or group of individuals who it's their job to decide based on what their employee base looks like, based on who is in the plan, maybe what investments should be available to them. But anytime you're trying to uh, make something appropriate for a large group of people, you're going to lose some of that, that specificity, some of that customization um, that might help you in the long run. So I think the best way to answer the question would be to compare it to a 401k. Within a 401k, you're going to have, on average, maybe somewhere from 15 to 20 different investment options, right? You're going to have uh, something called uh, target date funds. And if you have a 401k, I'm sure you've seen, um, you know, blah, blah, blah fund company 2045 target date fund. Um, and then you might have some group of managed funds and uh, uh, index tracking funds. Within an IRA, you have the world of investment vehicles available to you. So whether that's individual stocks, individual bonds, index funds, managed funds, Really, whatever is available for anyone on, on a retail basis to invest in is available within an IRA. So as opposed to in the plan, you have you know 15 choices on the menu, and I hope one of these works or some mix of these works. In an IRA, you have full capability and, and the full breadth of the market to build something that is specifically made for you and to kind of meet the goals that you want to meet. Now, will those goals change um, as you move from your career point to tiring? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the, it's like one of the biggest inflection points in the, in the retirement uh, uh, journey, in the investment journey. Um, typically, while you're working, uh, because you have that earned income component, um, on an average basis, you're probably not going to need to dip into your retirement savings, right? And so the fact that you can leave that money in the market without having to draw it down, just the, the nature of that and the way the math works, you can take a little bit more risk, right? So the goal during that phase is pure growth. We want this, this pile of money to grow as much as possible, right? And to do that, we can take a lot of risk. The account balance can go up a lot. The account balance can go down a lot. But day to day, that really doesn't matter because I'm working. I'm still getting a paycheck. I still have money to cover my bills and so on. In retirement, what's the big thing that changes? Other no than, you know, have a lot, of more, lot more time to play golf. <laughs> you now have to pull on that pile of money, Right. And so from a mathematical perspective, that really changes how the account balance going up and going down, how that actually will affect you moving forward. Right. Because pulling money out when that account balance is dropping has a much bigger effect uh, than it does when you're working because you're not pulling down. So when that earned income leaves, there's a big shift in the amount of um, risk. Or in other words, when I say risk, I just mean how much does that does that account value go up and down? big change in focus on how we should modulate that and how we should manage that moving forward. Absolutely. So, Michael, um, what is the difference between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA? Just the word Roth. Other than that, there's no difference. The exact same. There's no tax, tax difference? We just nothing. like to confuse people. Yeah. We just say it so that makes we sense. sound smart. Do you? Yeah. Do people think you're smart? No. Yeah, Jared, I would, I would encourage you, if you're ever just talking to someone, just, just say, say Roth. Roth. 
and they yeah. just they stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, according to my Roth, yeah. And then people are yeah. <laughs> people just their eyes glaze over, and you look smart and walk away. Yeah, wow, all this time I could have just said Roth. Uh, so a Roth IRA, the the difference is again in tax treatment. If if an IRA is just a set of tax rules that uh, control a bucket of money. A Roth IRA is a different set of tax rules. And so the tax rules that are different is when I have an IRA, if I earn $1,000 and I put it into an IRA, I don't have to pay taxes on that money before it goes into the IRA. I'm putting the full $1,000 into an IRA. That money will grow. And then over time, uh, that money grows, let's say, to $5,000. And eventually, I begin to draw that money out, as Adam was talking about, when I retire. Well, when I begin taking that money out, the tax law, the tax treatment of that money says, I'll tax this as if it was income. So what is my income rate when I, when I begin taking that money out? That's how that money is treated. A Roth IRA is different in that I put the money in, but if I have $1,000, I pay taxes on it first, and let's say that I have to pay 20% tax, then I only have $800 left. I put that into this Roth IRA, but then it grows, and I withdraw money, and I never pay taxes on it again. Uh, If I die and I leave it to my kids, uh, they don't pay taxes on it. In fact, I can leave it to anybody, and and there's no... uh, Tax taxes paid. So it's just what are the tax laws associated with a bucket of money? And so that's what a Roth IRA is. It is simply a different set of tax laws that we apply to that bucket of money. So what are the schools of thought between choosing between the two? Like, it just sounds like it's going to get taxed no matter what, but it's just a matter of when. So, yep. So one of the things that we talk about is tax, lo- uh, sorry, asset location. And so the way we describe it is once you retire, the more streams of income that we can generate money from, the more inoculated you are, the safer you are against any changes in the tax code. So imagine that we had a government come in and the government, Congress, the president, everybody was, a, was, was you know, this group of people that say, let's tax the rich. And they decided that by taxing the rich, what they really meant is let's change the capital gains tax. Let's start charging 50% instead of 15% on capital gains. Well, then every dollar that you take out of your taxable account you're only going to have 50 cents in purchasing power. Well, if you only have a taxable account, there's not much you can do about that. If you only have an IRA, then you're subject to whatever the income tax rate is that, that Congress decides is appropriate for people. So if they said, well, we're going to tax everybody at 40% for the first $40,000 that they take out. Well, you're going to take out a dollar, but only get 60 cents. Well, if the capital gains rate stayed the same, you could say, well, I'm, I'm better off taking it out of this capital, uh, out of this taxable account so that I can have more purchasing power for every dollar I, I take out. The way I like to describe it, the analogy that I use is <clears throat> if you walked into a shower and you had one knob and it only had cold water, then you may be able to adjust how much water comes out, but you really can't change the temperature. There's very little adjustments you can make. If I have the ability to 
turn on another knob that's hot water, then I can warm the water up. I can change the water pressure by having very little hot, very little cold, but it's still going to be warm. I can make it all hot, no cold. I can make it really scalding hot and high pressure. There's just a lot more I can do. So it's the same thing. The more places you have money, the more places you have to pull money from, the more you can change up and respond to whatever the government does in the future, because we don't know what that will be when it comes to taxes. And I I would throw in too, it's kind of interesting when you talk to folks, there's kind of this presumption that Roth is better. Yeah. Just inherently Roth is a better place to put your money because there is this inherent understanding that, um, you know, taking your medicine up front, right, is going to pay off Mm -hmm. in the long run. Yeah. And that's true in some cases, but but I do also see, and I think uh, anyone in the industry that, that works with folks would would agree that that isn't always the case. And so it's really important to understand a regular IRA and a Roth IRA, they're just tools in a toolbox. So just like any tool used in the right job for the right task, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work beautifully, but used in the wrong case, it's not going to do the desired job. So right. don't use a hammer to do what a screwdriver is made to do, right? So... Um, just understanding they're both good types of accounts. They just do different things. So make sure you're using them in the right spot. And that's kind of what, you know, uh, uh, people like us are, are do for, for folks is, is help guide them down that path of understanding this is where Roth would be valuable. This is where a rollover should be valuable. Is there anything else with IRAs that we need to cover? Is there any questions that people commonly ask we can just settle right now? I mean, the limitations, the limitations for Roth IRAs, people who earn high incomes aren't able to set up a Roth IRA, but you are able to set up an IRA and then do a transfer. Uh, So you set up an an IRA, you fund it, uh, and then you can transfer to the Roth IRA. Is that taxed? It is taxed. You you, you still have to pay the taxes. Um, A a lot of these things, again... What's it taxed as? Is it? Well, it's not taxed as income there. Well, yeah, we're not CPA, so we don't want to give. Okay. And and it's also really important not to just think of this as general advice. This is really, basically, hey, if this strikes a chord, you need to talk to a tax professional. Right. You need to talk to an advisor. Um, it, it it's stuff that you should think about, but it's not stuff that you should go out and act on without talking to somebody. So um, it's something that is available to people, but it needs to be more thoughtful. Is there ever, ever, ever a time to cash out your IRA on retiring? Yeah, so uh, Fidelity did a study and like a third of the people who leave jobs uh, cash out their IRAs. Really? Yeah, so average, can, average yeah. amount is 14,000. Now, when you say cash out, Let's just define that because I want to make sure I'm thinking of this on the same page as you guys. You're not talking about rolling a 401k over into an IRA. You're talking about taking taking all the assets that have previously been untaxed and in one false swoop. Putting in your bank account. Putting them in your bank account and paying taxes on all of them. Okay. Yeah. Just so, making sure. So, and, and what's interesting is people generally do that because they leave a job and, I mean, all of a sudden you think, well, I've got $60,000 in this account and they're just going to send me $60,000 and I'm going to have it and I'm going to go buy a really nice car. And you never had the ability to buy a really nice car. So you take that $60,000 and straight off the top, if you're not 59 and a half, 10,000 or sorry, 10%. So $6,000 goes away. Now you're down to 54. They withhold 20% to send to the IRS and taxes. So you you think you're getting sixty thousand dollars, you end up with something closer to forty. And oh by the way, 
that money that you're now spending as a 30 year old was supposed to grow. And when you turn 65, that $60,000 might've been worth, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars might've really helped you have a nice retirement. Now you're not going to have that. So congratulations. You're driving a Lexus. And I hope it lasts you all the way through retirement yeah, because for 45 years, yeah, for 45 <laughs> years. So, so really the thing, the thing that you always want to think about is this money has been budgeted for something and what it's been budgeted for is to provide income for me in the future. So if I take it out and I buy a Lexus, I better be planning on having that Lexus last 45 years. And I better be planning on being an Uber driver when I'm 65, because that's the income stream that I'm going to generate with this money. So it's a really bad decision. In I, most cases, I, I think it's probably, I mean, there's an infinite number of outcomes, right? You could come up with any scenario, and in one of those scenarios, I'm sure you could make a valid argument yeah. for cashing out your entire 401k slash IRA. If I know the lottery ticket winning number. However, I think yeah. it's safe to say... Um, it, it, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening yeah, to this, to this bad, podcast, yeah. uh, please don't go do that because we said there may be a scenario. It, it's, it's, it would, it would need to be well thought through, well advised. Um, uh, but in 99.99% of cases, not a good idea simply because IRAs, what does it stand for again? Individual, Individual retirement, retirement account. account. It's your retirement. <clears throat> so it'd be crazy to lose 20% of your, yeah. Account yeah. just because you need the money yeah well it's a 10 percent penalty 20 percent getting withheld for taxes Ugh. so i mean you don't even get what you've contributed like this is your money and you're basically just saying yeah but for the desire to have whatever it is you're going to spend it on i'm willing to take a 30 percent haircut it's really it's i've never talked to somebody i mean and you asked me about you know medical bills and things and, and i'm like Here's the way I would solve those problems. There, I've never heard somebody have a good reason. Yeah, this actually touches on something that I think is really important because I think there's this assumption that in this world of whatever you want to call it, finance, asset management, whatever, um, there's always some answer, right? I want to go buy this house or buy this car. Mm. Give me the way to do that right. logistically yep. that yep. makes it a good decision. Right. And sometimes the answer is, don't do it. Look, I, there isn't any getting around the fact that this just on its face doesn't seem to be wise. In your, yeah. And again, as a fiduciary, in your best interest. Yeah. So sometimes that's the conversation. And I think there's a, a human component to it that we all have to face, right? We've all been in that case where, man, I really want this thing or I want to do this activity or go on this trip, whatever it is. And there isn't always a fancy financial tool or yeah. strategy to, to subsidize that. Sometimes the yeah. answer might have to be, and it's not fun, right? But sometimes the answer has to be, nope. I'll wait. Yeah. Or I'll save for it. Or yeah. not now, maybe later. Yeah. You know? And so it's one of those kind of uncomfortable times where you come to this fork in the road and you just kind of have to, whether it's personally or with the client or whomever, you just kind of have to have that moment where, look, th these are the options and none of them seem to really mesh well with what you're wanting to do. So, right. um, Yeah. So the most important thing there is really you just need to be talking to a professional, really, when making any kinds of decisions like this. I think so, for, for most people, unless you have a background in it, unless you're very well educated on it, uh, that's a big decision to cash out something like that. So you would really want to do your, your due diligence and talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. I think you also need to be careful when you say financial professional. The person that you're talking to might have a financial incentive to sell you something. Right. So make sure that that person 
understand how that person gets paid, understand what they're suggesting, what the implications are for you and for them. If they really benefit by you doing something, you need to be cautious because right. it may or may not be in your best interest, right. but they've already kind of revealed, hey, well, it's in my best interest for you to do this. And so just be careful. Right. Cool. Perfect. Anything else on IRS? No. Mm. Good. Okay. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll see you in two weeks. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jared. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.